When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show gets going right now, and we are a week away from the expiration of Title 42. Which is a big deal, because as you know, they've extended this, and Title 42 is a CDC pandemic authority that allows for the expulsion of certain illegal migrants under certain circumstances, even after they cross into America. Um, And it has not been, obviously, super effective, because there have been millions Let's remind ourselves of this. Over 5 million illegals crossing into America while Joe Biden is president. But it has been a tool that has at least prevented some single adult males from being able to come into the country. If you're an unaccompanied minor, if you are a family member. I'll never forget when I was at the U.S. uh, border crossing in San Diego, they told me that they had had, uh, I think it was a 32-year-old claiming to be a 17-year-old to get a, get through under the unaccompanied minor uh, loophole. So just people are, are gaming the system left and right. Yeah, 32, said he was 17. They, they, they didn't buy that one, by the way. They thought, oh, I don't think so. But maybe there are he people was that have been trying to gain. What's up? Just should, have, just should have said he was trans-age. Democrats would have had to be all in on it. Still waiting for someone to explain why trans-age isn't a thing if transgender is a thing. But uh, I got to tell you, the border situation is something we have to look at much more closely because Democrats are beginning to seize a narrative on this one. Gavin Newsom, yes, he's slippery and odious, but he is also formidable in his own way. This guy escaped a recall election and actually increased his support from election in the recall 
Clearly, he should have lost his job. He did not. Uh, isn't it amazing? In California, they keep having these governors that are disastrous, and then they keep electing disastrous governors with the same basic policies to replace them. Maybe you don't have Democrats ruin your state anymore, California. That would just be one idea. But here's Newsom talking about how, oh, man, it's going to be really difficult when we get to a post-42 world. Play 12. The fact is, what we've got right now is not working, and it's about to break in a post-42 world unless we take some responsibility and ownership. And I'm saying that as a Democrat. I'm not saying that to point fingers. I'm saying that as a father. I'm saying that as someone that feels responsible for being part of the solution, and I'm trying to do my best here. So I want everyone to understand this right up front, right now. We talk about the border a lot, and we're trying because it it matters a lot. And once you start to see the calculations, the media won't do this, what it means to the taxpayer, what it means to public resources, to public schools, to hospitals, to to just have – and it's always specific to certain communities. One of the challenges when you elevate this to the national level, they say it doesn't affect wages. Really? Look at some of the border communities um, that have been, I think it's Professor Borjas at Harvard who's done the most um, specific analysis of this. Uh, you look at, at certain communities when they have a huge influx of illegal migrants. Guess what happens? Wages go down, people uh, and, and public services deteriorate. But if that's happening in El Paso, sure, maybe you don't feel it in San Francisco. So you have to look at the problem with some specificity. My point here, Clay, is merely they're saying, oh, yeah, the border's a problem. It's a problem, all right. We fix it through amnesty. That's what they're going to say. And i got to tell you right now, one voice that Trump provided that we don't really have right now is shutting down all the illegal crossings and deporting people who are not supposed to be in this country anymore who fall into the you know uh, fall into specific categories we're not hearing that from the GOP i i'm uh i don't even know if anyone knows where the GOP stands right now on this issue it's a concern gavin newsom the trip to the border to embarrass joe biden he went to the white house and i'm never going to forget it when joe biden wasn't there and walked around with his sleeves rolled up now, he made a big show of saying, hey, I'm not going to run if you run in 24. But if Joe Biden were not running, I think Gavin Newsom would end up finding a way to be the nominee in 2024 for the Democrats. And I think he would be formidable because he's smart. He's an incredible liar. He presents well, meaning that when he stands in front of the camera and answers questions, he handles the cosmetic aspects of the presidency far better than most Democrat candidates would be. Reportedly, he and Kamala Harris don't get along very well. Now, I don't know why that is, but that would mean that he's not likely to bend the knee to Kamala, and he would be capable of somehow threading the needle of how it's not racist and sexist for him as a white man to be leading the Democrat Party. And if you question that, keep in mind Joe Biden is the oldest, whitest guy possible, and he ended up the nominee in 2020. And so I don't think this is coincidental that he made his trip down to the border. I agree with you, Buck, that they think the solution is amnesty. Of course, it's not the solution. And the fact that Joe Biden won't go to the border when does when does the the, the Title Forty Two end? Next, next week. week, right? Yep. So next if week. it officially ends, it's going to be right around Christmas, which is a gift, frankly, to the Biden administration because a lot of people won't be paying attention. 
But post-Christmas and post-New Year's, the border is going to be such a disaster that it will be virtually impossible for it not to be the number one story in America. There is a a deep incoherence when you start to ask people who want to feel good about themselves on the issue of illegal immigration, um, but you ask them some very basic questions, and this is Democrats, and there are even Republicans that fall into this category. You start to ask this, well, if there's no downside, why not just let everyone come whenever they want? Because they'll tell you there's no downside. And the argument gets very interesting. You'll say, you know, if I point out, I say, well, it's lawless, lack of sovereignty, you know, respect for our laws is important. Uh, it's a drain on resources. It overwhelms our ability as a nation to assimilate people properly, which is one of the things that America has been amazing at, um, you know, for a very long time. It overwhelms the assimilation processes. It creates fractures in our in our society because people feel like there are different sets of laws for different people. You go through these, they'll reject all of that. They'll say, oh, no, that's true. We're a nation of immigrants. They work harder than Americans. They're, they're, I'm talking illegal immigrants now. They work harder than Americans. They're more law-abiding than Americans. I mean, either one of those things you can argue or even just say is, is flatly untrue. But then who doesn't get to stay? Why not let ever if there's no downside, which is what effectively the Democrat argument is, why not just have open borders? They won't say they want open borders, but they want the reality of open borders, meaning they can't sell it politically, but they want the de facto reality to be what it is right now, which is effectively anyone can get into the country. And, you know, just just alone on the overwhelmed border, what's going on with fentanyl and with methamphetamine we have the worst fentanyl problem and the worst meth problem in the history of the country right now, Clay. These drugs are more potent, more powerful, more de- more destructive than anything we have ever faced. It is all coming across the U.S.-Mexico border. And people don't... You're, so you're, you're losing 100,000-plus Americans a year because we have lawlessness at the border. So the, the argument should be either we secure the border or we just say, you know, screw it, open border is what we want which is basically what the Democrats have done. But what we have right now is just untenable, which is the pretense that both sides want an orderly, secure border. No, they don't. The Democrats want an open border. And the cartel controls the southern border, which ties in with why so much fentanyl is coming across and also the business opportunity that they have created for themselves. So this, to me, is going to be, I think... Did you see the cop that just... I mean, fortunately, she's okay... She OD'd, they believe, because fentanyl powder from a bust blew in her face from the wind. Did you yeah, see did this? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that story. I also saw the story of the young child in a San Francisco park. Uh, I think that's still considered to be true because uh, sometimes these stories go viral. And then the follow up, it was like a 10 month old who was playing in the park and he picked up uh, a fentanyl laced, they think, piece of paper and OD'd, basically. And his uh, and his nanny was there and helped to ensure that he was safe. That, that it gives you a sense for how dangerous. Because Buck, I talk to my kids now. It used to be you would say, "Don't do drugs." You know, you shouldn't do it. You can get addicted to them. Now, when you talk to young people, when you're talking to your kids or grandkids, you say, "Don't do drugs." They can kill you the first time that right. you use them, and which is different than in the '80s and '90s by and large. For all the parents out there listening, this is the I spoke to the top guy in the DOJ under Trump working on the issue of fentanyl about this. And I remember he explained to me in detail 
the way that the cartels make pills that look like pharmaceutical grade pills so people think they're safe oh i'm not taking scary fentanyl i'm taking a vicodin i'm taking something that at least has quality control we know what's in it so you know your 17 year old can be at a party and someone goes oh here take this don't worry it's a prescription drug but if they bought it illegally, guess what? It could be fentanyl, and they could die. This happens. This is not just theoretical. This happens. They could die the first time they take the drug, not even knowing what they're taking in the first place. And, and Clay, this this problem, it's, it's when you start to look at the numbers and the impact that it's having on society right now, and you look at methamphetamine, for example, and the role that methamphetamine has in a lot of the extreme schizophrenia, mental health issues, breakdowns that are going on. You see these crazy people walking around the streets, and I mean truly crazy, I mean not not in their right mind, who are homeless and vagrants. They're drug addicts overwhelmingly, and they're addicted to fentanyl, they're addicted to meth, they're addicted to a few other drugs sometimes, depends on, on the individual. But look at the focus that the White House is putting on tackling that problem, which is killing over 100,000 people a year and destroying cities from the inside out. Versus the focus they put on, you know, transgender story hour and top surgery for teenagers as a function of White House policy. Not only that, the people who are dying of fentanyl overdoses are overwhelmingly young. So when you talk about years of life lost, we're talking about people in their 20s who suddenly are dying because of this drug use and I, I just want to reiterate again, because we built on it, and you said it, like, hey, you think this drug is safe, and it's a party drug. There was a, uh, to give them credit, I think it was the New York Times had a story about three different people who thought they were buying cocaine and took it home and used it, and it was fentanyl-laced drug, and it killed all three of them. And they never even knew, you shouldn't use drugs at all, right, is an easy thing to tell your kids, but a lot of kids say, well, I'll use this because it's not dangerous. No, no. People are thinking that they are using drugs which are not deadly, and they're consenting to those usage, and then the next thing you know, they're dead because they're not using the drug that they thought they were. It's such an important part here of, of the conversations that I mean, it should, parents there should and grandparents be a bi- need to have. There should be a bipartisan sense of we have to do everything we can to fix this problem as a country right now. But it ties directly into the border, and the Democrats don't want to admit that, and they don't want to deal with it, and so people are going to keep dying. That's what's happening. And as we mentioned yesterday, Buck, there's like one media guy that actually is covering the the border in Bill Malusian, right? I mean, almost no one. Yeah, think about how crazy it is. There's no who can you point to from the Washington Post, New York Times, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC. They don't have anybody there. There's nobody covering this on a daily basis. And it's amazing, too. They used to always say the way they would shut down any criticism of illegal immigration, they'd say, why are you why are you so racist? And they particularly would single out, why are you so racist, you know, against uh, Mexican people who want to come here to hardworking? There are 160 countries that have sent people. I mean, it's literally the entire planet has realized, hey, I want to get into America. I don't want to go through their immigration system. That's it has right. nothing to do with any individual or specific race or nationality or anything else. It is just utter chaos and lawlessness and the Biden administration can't he can't even go won't even go to the border doesn't care on to happier things my friends the countdown to Christmas and Hanukkah is on both are less than two weeks away if you're still contemplating what to get somebody who you know has got everything how about sharing an experience with them something that is meaningful 
That's what Legacy Box provides, the experience of rediscovering the lost memories locked away on videotapes and family movies from back in the day. You can place an order right now, get an actual Legacy Box, a box made specifically for shipping videotapes, films, and photos, all meant to be digitally transferred at Legacy Box's headquarters in Tennessee. That box will arrive before Christmas and instantly become a project to focus on. So many friends and family members who have old video cassettes, photo slides, cassette tapes, can no longer be accessed. They can't enjoy them anymore. I mean, who has a working VCR or slide projector these days or a cassette player? Join the millions of customers who have made this problem go away because they've entrusted Legacy Box to safeguard their recorded moments. Clay and I have both used Legacy Box to digitally transfer some of our older photos and videos. They do amazing work in just a couple of weeks' time, start to finish. This is a great gift at this time of year. Trust us. Visit LegacyBox.com slash buck. That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K for a sizable discount. LegacyBox.com slash buck. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are... The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. These are our first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country or those who die in the line of duty or are severely injured, and our veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel the Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home, the foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel the to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young kids, severely injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, some uh, some interesting 
dynamics. Buck, we talked a little bit about, of course, how the Washington Post and the New York Times have become so utterly dependent on their subscription business because, you know, newspapers don't make very much money on the internet, or at least not as much as they need to based on their huge cost structure. And the Washington Post has lost 500,000 paying subscribers since Joe Biden came into office. And this is a big part of why their coverage is so left-wing and biased, because their subscribers are so left-wing and biased, that if you don't give them what they want, they will cut their subscriptions. And now that Trump, democracy dies in darkness, as they put at the top of the newspaper, now that Trump's not there, they've lost 500,000 subscribers. And this morning, Buck, they had an all-hands-on-deck meeting at the Washington Post, and it was announced at that meeting that they are going to be firing a lot of people in the first quarter of 2023. And all of those newspaper reporters, all those Washington Post reporters who've been looking down their nose at you and telling you what an awful human being you are because you voted for Donald Trump, are suddenly realizing that they work for a for-profit newspaper and that newspaper is in trouble because Trump isn't in office and they can't generate the same outrage that they did before it is really a fascinating question and one that i think frankly buck cnn and msnbc are going to have to reconcile with as they determine how they cover this entire trump presidential run because they need him they need to put on as much trump as they can but i think they're afraid to trump derangement syndrome was a sugar high of sorts for the media because they were able to get their base all fired up and riled up about how trump was worse than Hitler and working with Putin and stole the election and all this stuff. CNN had garbage shows with moron hosts that were doing very well in the Trump era relative to not they weren't doing Fox News numbers, but they were doing well for CNN numbers. And then when Joe Biden began the president's like, well, you guys clearly aren't a news organization. Same thing with the Washington Post. You're clearly not news entities. So so what do you do? Because propaganda in support of the regime of Joe Biden is boring that's the problem they have it's boring and they can't differentiate themselves from everybody else who's doing it so there are just too many too many that are talking from the same talking point sheet so as a result a lot of your favorite journalists at the washington post may be losing their job i know it's very sad very sad indeed i'm crying Uh, one of your favorite all-time products made by my pillow finally back in stock the my slippers I can't even tell you the amount of pairs of my slippers that my family has bought because I can't keep up with how many times my wife has given these things as gifts. All of her running buddies, I hate to kill the excitement of opening a Christmas package, but if you are one of my wife's friends, you're probably going to be getting to my slippers. She loves them, literally sleeps in these things. She finds them so comfortable. Boys have their own. You're going to love them. They used to be. Nearly $150 a pair, but right now you're getting $90 off. They are incredible. You also get a 10-year warranty. Here's how you do it. Go to MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. That's MyPillow.com. Do it today. Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Sometimes I like to have a holiday discussion with family members that focuses on the arts, Clay, that focuses on the creative arts. And we get into worst movies ever made, most overrated movies ever made, biggest box office bombs ever made. And it's, it's a fun discussion. You start throwing it in there. 
movies that you've actually walked out on in the theater, meaning you paid in New York, it's like $20 a ticket now. But even when I was a kid, it was, you know, 10 bucks a ticket. Um, because I see that Avatar, what is this one? The, the way of water. I keep wanting to say the shape of water, but I think the shape of water was the Academy Award winner for best picture about a woman who has an affair with her aquarium pet. It's a very strange movie. Is this real? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. There's a sea monster, but she loves the sea monster, and then things get a little, little naughty with the sea monster. Oh, wow. I don't want to tell you. One best picture. I mean, it's bizarre. She's like making out with uh, the creature from the Blue Lagoon and an actual human doing that. So Avatar, the way of water, not the shape of water, the way of water is is out right now. And I, I do think... That Avatar, Avatar is the most financially successful movie of all time. Did you know that? Almost I did three, know that. Three billion dollars globally. Now there were the ticket prices were particularly high because they were upcharging for the 3D stuff. I saw Avatar in the theater with the 3D stuff in New York. I'm just going to say it. Avatar is garbage, and the fact I, I think you could trace the decline of American cinema. To the fact that Avatar made almost $3 billion. The plot is trite. The dialogue is moronic. The politics are annoying. And there's just nothing. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I hate Avatar. I don't know what to tell you. I'm definitely not going to see this one, but I am trying. I, I think that no person of good taste should go see the sequel because the first one was the it's like a ripoff of fern gully dances with wolves and uh, the pocahontas movie all at the same time well i i thought that they had put out the movies for best picture i guess they haven't done that yet for the oscar but i saw the list of like the 10 favorites buck i had never heard of nine of them you talk about the oscars and the movies just declining relevance i think in our cultural uh moment but I remember the original Avatar very, very moderately at best. Like, I don't really remember any details associated with it. I remember that they were blue and that the cinematography was really cool. That's pretty much all I remember. And I'll probably end up taking my boys to go see the movie just because it's Christmas and the holiday season. And that's kind of a trend, right? Kind of a tradition is that there's a movie on and everybody's cooped up in the house and you decide to go out and see one i think they're bringing back top gun maverick which i would also be inclined to go see again and i keep thinking buck that they're going to take the lesson of top gun maverick i believe top gun maverick now made one and a half billion dollars and you were talking about the the box office grosses and everything else one of the things that drives me crazy is they don't inflation adjust those numbers because obviously Gone with the Wind in 1939 made a lot less money in the box office and uh, Rocky did and Titanic did now. You have to adjust based on what ticket prices cost now to see how big of a hit these movies really were. But I, I'm with you. I think people are so desperate for entertainment that Avatar will do well because it's kind of in the line of the superhero Marvel box office movies. But even Black Panther 2 didn't have anywhere near the same cachet and success as Black Panther 1. And I think even these Marvel movies are starting to take it on the chin a little bit as people are getting more used to them and Star Wars and everything else. The lesson uh. here is Star uh, the Top Gun Maverick, Buck. 
pe- pe- people don't want to hear everyone. my take on, on the Marvel movies because I'm going to upset a lot of people. You so hate I, the Marvel movies? I mean, so many so many of them are so brainless, honestly. The dialogue, it's like written by fifth graders. It, you know, it, it's just, it's all special effects and boom, bang, Well, boom. they're designed for kids. So, but that's not, you, it's not kids. It's globally. I mean, they're actually, I think, designed for the Chinese marketplace to be dubbed. And that's why they make so much money. I mean, they're designed to be global visual spectacles that they then put into other languages, right? Like, you don't, you yeah, don't have to the, have some cultural connection to Thor and the Hulk. Well, the reason why I don't criticize them is I actually still like the idea of a movie being made for someone who's five years old that they can watch also with a 25-year-old and enjoy it equally. And Because I've got three young kids, yeah. so can, there can aren't I just that be many of those also, movies. I don't, I don't dislike superhero. I'm actually okay with... I like superhero movies. Like I think the first Iron Man movie is a really good movie. I think the Batman Begins and that whole Christopher Nolan franchise. So some people are just you know hate Anti, superhero yeah. as a, as a, as a genre. I'm I grew up reading comics. I like superhero movies. You like the just, Avengers trilogy then, right? I mean that was really good. In game, like you can't that that was well done. You didn't like those. Okay. This is okay. where we're splitting. I mean, here. Do you, have you seen some of the Thor like Love and Thunder stuff? I mean, they've really just gone off. It's just oh yeah, look they're just I running the Mack truck into the wall. I think there's a wide variety of uh, of quality of a lot of these movies. I, I don't dispute that at all. But like the Avengers Endgame trilogy uh, was amazing. Like I thought it was really well done. My favorite movie for being able to take I, I'll give you a guess. This movie came out in the early 2000s, I believe, and I loved it for being able to take as many different ages as possible. They've made many sequels of it since, but the original I loved. Um. I mean, I don't. I mean, pirates. This, pirates. I'll just give it to you. Oh, pirates, pirates of the, of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Loved right. it. Yeah. The first no, pirates, pirates of the Caribbean. See, pirates of the is Caribbean great. has is clever and has has some. It's very well produced. I mean, I I, I get. I'm, I'm not hate on that one. I just think that I've seen some of these Marvel, you know, multiverse movies or whatever, and it, it you're just. It's just more and more aliens running through buildings and blowing them up and yeah. lasers everywhere, and you're like, what is even happening here? Like this. What. The reason why I love Top Gun Maverick so much, Buck, was it took me back to our childhood, although you're much younger than me. It Correct. took me back to our childhood. You're generate you're millennial, I'm a Gen X. But it took me back to the eighties and nineties when it felt like almost every movie was made for a broad audience. And that doesn't mean that it was perfect, but Top Gun Maverick was it was like being in 1986 or 1992 all over again so so can, can I, I i'll tell you this i think i think that what we've seen is that it became that the primary focus of anyone seeking to make a movie went from what will be the biggest impact for audience i mean what what to your point what will be what will get the most butts in seats in movie theaters that was a huge consideration in the major studios. Now, for the people greenlighting movies, it's what will get me praise from my peers that run this studio and other studios, and so I get invited to fancy cocktail parties in Malibu. And that's that's why they greenlight certain movies now. It's very clear to me, based on the content that they're producing. I, I think that's true. I also think streaming factors in here, Buck. And I think there is something to trying to define a niche as opposed to trying to hit a mass market, if that makes any sense. And so if you are, you know, 16 years old 
and you have an interest in, you know, like, I, I don't know, like uh, the, 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 the werewolves. Like, there's a movie made for you, and that might be a bad example because the Twilight movies did really well. I never watched them. Uh, Mike Leach, who died recently, had a great take on that. Uh, the Mississippi State former head coach. He said that he liked his vampires to be mean and angry and not like mopey adolescents. And I was like, I, I totally get that, right? Um, but so I feel like the, the intent of making a mass success story is changed in streaming where the intent is not the same thing, if that makes sense. Um, and, and I think it's a subtle shift, but I think it's a pretty substantial one. There just aren't very many movies made like Top Gun Maverick anymore. And I think, in fact, that it is unapologetically pro-America and just well, a feel-good movie that you could take your kids to was pretty fantastic. Not the best movie, but movie-watching experience, either when you were a kid or with your family as a dad, your best in-theater movie-watching experience and memory is what movie? For when I was a kid, Return of the Jedi in the movie theater, I remember going to see it and just being blown away. What about you? What movie did you go As, to and just think? I, I remember my parents taking the whole family to see Jurassic Park, the original, when I was in the third grade. That was amazing. Yeah, that was really good. It's a good question. Let me think on it. I'll give you an answer for the best family going to the movie experience that we have had where everybody enjoyed it and left and was like, that's a great feeling when you're the dad and you leave the theater and your kids, your boys or your girls are jumping around like in a great mood. You can't stop talking about how awesome it was. And hopefully also simultaneously you enjoyed it. We take all the three boys. My wife and I still really like the movie. So we take all the whole family to movies fairly frequently if we can. And that's why the Marvel movies to me have some appeal because it's just something we can go do as a full family. Let me think on the best reaction coming out of one of those movies. But for me as a kid, it was Return of the Jedi beyond a shadow of a doubt. I still remember how awesome that movie was. Also, the other one, not going to surprise you, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, I think that, you know, when they leave the movies on for the whole summer buck, I think every single family member I had took me to go see Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom as like a seven or eight year old. Like my cousins took me and then my, uh, you know, my uh, grandparents took me by, and my aunts way, and uncles took me. Everybody. You see, they're saying that the new Indiana Jones is going to be all about having a woman lead and she's the new Indiana Jones. It's like they're Ghostbusters. Gonna, I hope not. They're going to ruin it, Clay. They're, they're going to just you're going to have to hold me as I cry because they're going to ruin <laughs> Indiana Jones just like they ruined Ghostbusters. They did bring back Ghostbusters Resurrection, which was better, but the all-female Ghostbusters was an unmitigated disaster. There's no other way to describe it. And you know what they do sometimes when they ruin these movies is they take the masculinity out of them. They take away the testosterone. They take away your ability to just kick back and say, that's a badass. I want Indiana Jones to be a badass. I don't need anybody else to be a badass. It's like chalk. They will hook you up in a big way and make sure that they have got testosterone in your life. You know, as you age, you don't have as much energy as you used to. And that's why the Biden administration has the lowest level of testosterone that any of us have ever seen. I really believe this in White House history. That's why you can go get hooked up right now at Chalk with their male vitality stack. They also have a female vitality stack, all natural. It will help to ensure that you have more energy and you will feel better than you do today. Uh, you can get hooked up. 
spelled C-H-O-Q. Go to choq.com right now. You can use my name, Clay. Get 35% off any chalk subscription for life. This is the real Indiana Jones, not the updated version. This is the real Ghostbusters, not the all-girl version Ghostbusters. This is chalk for men who want to feel like men. choq.com. Get hooked up. Testosterone down 50%. Put some testosterone back in your life. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck. And get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are... The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. These are our first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country or those who die in the line of duty or are severely injured, and our veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel the Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home, the foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel the to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young kids, severely injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees, that's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com dot com slash b-u-c-k use my name buck as your promo code for 10 percent off your first order you're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck use the name buck to get that 10 percent off your first order welcome back in clay travis buck sexton show closing out the wednesday edition of the program 11 days out from christmas for those of you keeping score out there buck i told you I thought about it during the the break. I think the most fun my kids have had leaving a movie, and this also ties in with how excited they were to go see it, was the Avengers Endgame. That's all three of them. The uh, 
first, The Force Awakens, was that what it was called? The first Star Wars movie would be the one that my two oldest were excited for, but we didn't have the third boy there yet. So I'll go Avengers Endgame for all three. The first Star Wars that they made when Star Wars came back would have been the one that they were most... They were huge, my kids, Star Wars kids, uh, like to dress up, like to have fun with it. So they were super excited to go in theater and see that first Star Wars movie return. I remember being super excited to go see the Tim Burton Batman movie. Do you remember that? The first oh, one? Oh, yeah, 1989, with, with I think. With Michael Keaton and uh, and Jack Nicholson. And that was that was like, at the time, that was the, the big movie. That, uh, Superman movies are pretty great, too. I think those get a little overlooked these days. Better, honestly, than the more recent superhero, I mean, more recent Superman efforts. Some of the recent super. I mean, isn't Ben Affleck a Superman in one of the movies? Yeah, not, the DC or, comics or, or was he, uh, superhero he was the other movies one. He was Batman. Bombed. Batman it, versus Superman. Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad movie. It was a, a bad movie. Um, but do you remember also, uh, like there was this whole cult mall cult. I was talking to Carrie about this the other day, how mall culture was a thing for a while. Oh yeah. Where people would just go. There was that movie mall rats, which I do not recommend for anybody, but you know, there, there are these movies about, about what it was like and, and this whole idea that you just go and hang out at the mall. And that Did you have a mall that you would go to as a New York City kid? Like, was there something that even mall culture would reflect that you grew up with? The city of New York was my mall, Clay. <laughs> um, no, I not not really. We didn't. I, I used to go visit my relatives in Charlottesville, down in Virginia, and we were always my siblings and I were so excited to go to the mall because I worked these in stores. malls. That's where my starting in, jobs were. So, like that whole mall culture, uh, people forget about how big that was, and and also just this notion of. I always thought that going on a date to a movie was a bad... I still think, by the way, that movie as a date is not really a good idea because you sit there in silence and it's, it's not really a, not a... Not an effective usage of time. Um, you know, meals, activities, even going for a nice walk, way better than than sitting quietly in a dark theater. I know some people, it's, oh, so you could make out with the prom queen when you're in high school, whatever. But in general, I think movies are were, were not a, a particularly smart date option. But also, people used to like camp out to go to see the Star Wars movie. When oh it was yeah, released. they would wait in line to buy the tickets for six hours. You think about the things that we used to do back in the nineties, Clay. It was a it was a simpler time. Also, camp out to buy concert tickets. When I was in college, we were across the street from the Tower Records. Remember the Tower Records? Like how big those shops were. They had every CD. It was a big deal. And kids and adults would all camp out on the street in Northwest D.C. to be able to get in line to go to the Ticketmaster to buy tickets. I, I have never wanted to see anything so badly that I brought a lawn chair and hung out on the sidewalk for hours to buy tickets. I've never done that before. I don't know. Maybe I just lack a certain passion for the arts. Well, it used to be that you could, you know, there are always people scalping tickets outside, at least in Tennessee, where I grew up. Um, and now with StubHub and, you know, uh, SeatGeek and all these different companies, you there's literally not anything that has ever existed that has public tickets that you can't buy one for. Now, it might be expensive, but I love going on those apps. If I've got a sporting event that I want to go to, look and see what it costs. Boom, you're in. You don't have to worry about walking around outside the stadium having hundreds of dollars or maybe even $1,000 in cash. It's a big difference. Makes a tremendous more fun to be able to go to those events. People paying like twenty thousand dollars to go to this Taylor Swift concert. Have you seen this? I mean, I didn't think you were going to tell everybody how much I love Taylor <laughs> Swift. Clay, twenty thousand dollars feels like a small price to pay for some T Swift time for the Bucks are over here. 
Just kidding. $20,000 to go to a concert. I don't even know what her music really is. I think I can think of two songs, but her politics also, Clay, not good. I like her, but she's... Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it'll get you, though? For just $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay.